Hello, everybody. Welcome to our third and final installment from our most recent Journal Club podcast recap. Now, we're going to be covering this time the evidence for or lack of evidence for the use of bicarbonate as a routine part of cardiac arrest. Now, we're going to be joined by Dr. Olivia Urbanowitz, who is going to recap this meta-analysis for us. So I reviewed the paper by Wu et al. entitled Effectiveness of Sodium Bicarbonate Administration on Mortality in Cardiac Arrest Patients, a Systematic systematic Review and Meta-Analysis which was published in the Journal of Emergency Medicine in December of 2020. So new, very recent publication. Uh, and the premise of this study is, is really to look at why we use sodium bicarbonate during our cardiac arrests and if we should continue to use this. In the 2010 iteration of the ACLS guidelines, um, there was actually a recommendation change against routine use of sodium bicarbonate in your resuscitation protocol uh, with the exception of specific clinical indications. And those guidelines have actually not been revised since that time, but most practitioners uh, still consider sodium bicarb as one of the the drugs in the armamentarium during a code. This research group uh, conducted a meta-analysis. There was two primary reviewers. Um, They compiled a list of 714 individual studies uh, between November 1962 and December 2019, so a very wide range of dates and types of different studies. Ultimately, they had 15 that were considered for eligibility and were reviewed in full, and they selected six total that were included in their final review and meta-analysis. This totaled 18,406 patients, so pretty significant uh, patient demographic or patient population there with a, a comparable mean age of 65 to about 72. So all in that kind of sixth to early seventh decade of life. All of the included studies were observational. Four of them were retro- retrospective and two were prospective. And I found it particularly helpful as someone who is not always into research and the, and the nitty gritty this group rated all of the study qualities by the Newcastle-Ottawa scale, um, mostly mostly to demonstrate that five out of the six studies were high quality and the sixth one was a moderate quality. Uh, they overall did not include any, um, any studies which they would consider kind of suspect, high um, indication of bias or low quality, which I appreciate it. Their primary endpoints were ROSC, rate of ROSC, and rate of survival to hospital discharge. They did calculate odds ratios um, from pooled data themselves, so kind of extrapolated out uh, in addition to reviewing what the studies themselves had published. They also performed secondary subgroup analyses, which I thought was uh, particularly interesting. The two subgroups that they uh, selected from the beginning were the years that the studies were published, so pre-2010 and post-2010 after the ACLS guideline change. And then secondly, um, they noted that uh, they had exactly three and three studies that were performed on two different continents. Um, So they compared the two um, groups, which were a North American study uh, location and an Asian continent study location. Overall results re-demonstrate that there is no significant difference in the rates of ROSC 
or of survival to hospital discharge in the patients who received uh, bicarb compared to those who did not. All of these studies specifically had a treatment arm which uh, did not include bicarb as compared to administration of the bicarb. And so this data I would say is, is reasonably reliable. The confidence intervals are pretty wide. Um, and so when you kind of look at the true um, numbers, breaking it down, the rates of ROSC actually is more towards a, a no difference, but the um, data in favor or against survival to hospital discharge is actually uh, suggestive that there, there is um, like very truly no correlation and, and um, is not providing any benefit. In terms of the, the subgroup analyses with the, the year comparison between pre-2010 and post-2010, there was also no significant difference noted between bicarb given and no bicarb given. Um, but more interestingly, I think to me, was in the continent subgroup analysis. Now, when you break down the numbers, still no significant difference, still there is no really evidence to support routine sodium bicarb administration, but their uh, data really suggests overall lower rates of ROSC and survival to discharge in North America as compared to the Asian studies. Um, and this was not just in the United States, this was included, there was two Canadian studies in, involved as well, um, which poses a really interesting question about the patient demographics that they are including or what was different between those studies. And that really brings me to some of the limitations. Um, overall, this is a difficult patient population to study, right? Uh, cardiac arrest is, is something that does not lend itself easily to formalized research. Um, and it has had an evolution over time that is difficult to, to kind of trend. This study really does well in terms of total number of patients uh, enrolled and included in this meta-analysis. However, it is missing some of the things that I find personally most important in my practice when I am running a resuscitation. Um, the patient comorbidities, um, the pre-hospital care, the post-ROSC uh, management that can be just as critical. None of those subgroups or, or confounders were included in this study. It was very much a black and white um, sodium or no sodium, survival, no survival. Uh, and I, I think that overall, there's a lot more gray area than uh, might be suggested by this paper. Additionally, that uh, interesting suggestion of lower rates of return to spontaneous circulation in the North American continents as compared to Asia um, one, we have no data from uh, included from any other continents across the world. And there's actually a, a difference in treatment locations as well that were included in the study. All of the Asian studies were only uh, ED run resuscitations, whereas the North American studies included um, not only ED run resuscitations, but also all pre-hospital data and in hospital, both ward and ICU arrests. That suggests a much different patient population, right? Especially if you include the in-hospital folks that uh, can lend itself to a much sicker baseline patient population and potentially overall um, lower expected rate of ROSC, just kind of depending on, on what you're looking, even if you have kind of initiation of, of immediate bystander CPR. Um, so take home, 
this this is an article that I I was really interested in because I feel like when you're learning how to run a code for the first time, you learn listening to your mentors and your peers, right? And what you end up doing, at least at first, uh, is often kind of what you hear having been done time and time again. And that often, in my case, has been administration of sodium bicarb during codes of all types. This meta-analysis um, and reviewing the ACLS um, literature I, for myself now um, from both the 2010, 2015, and now 2020 updates, I really think is actually going to change my practice pattern. The current recommendation, which is a level 3B recommendation, is against routine use of sodium bicarb in cardiac arrest and limiting administration of this medication only to the clinical situations where it may be specifically indicated, specifically hyperkalemic arrest, known pre-existing metabolic acidosis, or if you are able to get um, labs back off of kind of initial IV access, if you have the um, ability to, to have that and prove that it's a predominant metabolic derangement as opposed to like a respiratory um, hypercarbic acidosis as well as tricyclic antidepressant overdoses, um, whether known or suspected. There's obviously always a caveat, um, but really this highlights for me that every arrest is ultimately an individually uh, specific protocol for each patient, right? We have, we have a format, um, we have a framework to fall back on, but we really need to be uh, considerate about what we are choosing, especially in terms of um, additional adjunctive medications besides epinephrine and evaluation for uh, defibrillation in shockable rhythms. Thank you everybody for joining us. If you like this newer format, shorter form uh, version of podcast, please uh, send us a message or leave a comment on the blog. Uh, we really look forward to hearing your feedback. Thanks. Take care. Be well.